And welcome into Gator Bites, this week's edition on the 1010XL.com podcast network. Ryan the Hacker Green with you, alongside Denny Thompson of the Sports Den. You get him every weeknight here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Denny, my man, how are you? I'm great, Hack. How are you, man? We're good. We're good. There's certainly a lot going on in the sports world. The NCAA tournament has come and gone for the Gators. We'll get into that, obviously, right in the middle of spring football. Wanted to get into some little recruiting news and nuggets as well here locally with a Florida twist and some schools coming in and really getting a lot of talent out of here, none of which have orange and blue as their primary colors. So we'll get into all that, but certainly Denny got to start with the end of the Gator basketball season, uh, beating Nevada in round one of the NCAA tournament, losing to Michigan in a game that was really never in doubt come the second half. Uh, Look, Mike White got him to the round of 32. I don't think you can complain about that. But at the end of the day, you look, that was a 20-win, 16-loss Gator basketball team. Probably a little disappointing from where Gator fans thought they'd be at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I'm going to play devil's advocate here because I think you can complain about that. I don't don't really understand. I'm not by any stretch of imagination on the fire Mike White train. That didn't even cross my mind. But I do think that the expectations are in the round of 32 to be competitive. And and I think we saw glimpses into the season of, you know, there were times where they looked really good. There were other times where we saw what we saw this weekend. And it's it's like I don't know who else to blame, and maybe that's my ignorance, other than the head coach of everybody goes through scoring droughts, but did it not seem that Florida went through scheduled scoring droughts Am I happy with where they got given where they were a month and a half ago? Absolutely. Am I happy with where they got with what I thought was going to happen at the beginning of the year? No. Yeah, it's weird. Expectations change for me. It was like a roller coaster. Very high at the beginning of the year. They start by just getting boat raced against Florida State, just getting crushed in their first game. So my expectations came drastically down. But you knew Florida State was going to be pretty good, too. Right. I didn't know they were going to be like 25 points better than Florida. Right, right. Fair. And then middle of the year, Florida's 4-6 and six in the conference. Maybe not even going to make the NIT at that point. But then give Mike White credit. Turns it around. I think they won five, six games in a row. Then they had the three-game skid at the end of the year, only to rebound in the SEC tournament win one game in the NCAA tournament, ultimately lose to Michigan. We say goodbye to Jalen Hudson. We say goodbye to Kavarius Hayes. We say goodbye to Kayvon Allen. As we talked about last week here on Gator Bites, Denny, I don't think we're going to be spending a whole lot of time five years from now talking about Hudson and Hayes and Allen. But for the here and now, you realize, particularly Hayes and, and, and um, Kayvon Allen, what they meant to this Gator program, just the amount of time they were there, kind of those two were the transition guys from Billy Donovan to Mike White. Billy Donovan recruited both of those young men. They end up staying all four years under Mike White, and they play their final Gator game this past Saturday. Yeah, and I mean, good good Gator players, good representatives of the university for the most part. I, I, it, all that is fine and good. It just feels like to me, Hacker, that Gator Nation is in this – situation where you're in one of two camps you're in don't you dare talk about Mike White negatively camp right. or you're you know you're in you want to get Mike White fired no that's not that's not the world the world is I can I can have an opinion of I think this Gator basketball team underperformed but that doesn't mean that I want to fire Mike White the problem is Mike White's not going to be Billy Donovan 
because there's a lot of guys that are not going to be Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan won back-to-back national championships, got the, the Gators to, what, two other Final Fours, three consecutive Elite Eights at one point as well. I mean, Billy Donovan's name will go on that court in Gainesville at some point. Billy Donovan missed tournaments, too. He did. And, and I'll tell you an interesting comparison. When Billy arrived in 96, I believe, right, it was his first year, Florida really didn't do anything till 99. Mm-hmm. And then they made the Sweet 16. They make the national title game in 2000. And then they had a severe drought getting knocked out in round one and round two for a while to the point where if you go back 2003, 2004, there were a lot of Gator fans saying the same thing about Billy Donovan. It took Billy, after that national championship game run in 2000, it took him five, six years to reestablish himself until he finally made another weight charge in the tournament. Mike White, kind of similar, gets off to a decent start, second year, is in the Elite Eight. Now he's been knocked out in back-to-back rounds of 32. I think next year's big for Mike White. If they continue to show improvement, I think everything's fine. If they regress that point, Denny, I think the conversation starts about, is Mike White the right man for this job? Okay, my last point on this, because I am frustrated by what I see on social media about this. My last point on this is he doesn't have to be Billy Donovan, but when you have a Billy Donovan come in and build a program, right, to a point where you your expectations are at a certain level, then your AD's job is to hire so that those expectations don't come back down to what they were pre-Donovan, right? And so I don't think anybody's saying, or I'm not saying, that Mike White should be Billy Donovan. What I'm saying is Florida was a good enough job when they hired Mike White, and Mike White accepted that job knowing what the expectations were going to be and what level that program was at. Right. That he didn't have to be Billy Donovan, but you know what he's got to do? He's got to get results. And if if we're okay with the University of Florida with going to the round of 32 and being not competitive at all in the second half, then okay. Then that's where we are as a program. I am not okay with that, I guess is my only point. My biggest concern, final basketball point for me, interested in your thoughts on it, what did we hear about all year? Florida has no interior post play. Kavarius Hayes tries hard, but he's 6'9", having to guard 6'11", 7-foot guys, and that's just not going to work out. Well, everything you hear about how great this Florida recruiting class is coming in, and it is. I mean, look, Scotty Lewis, Trey Mann, two McDonald's All-Americans. One 6'3", the other 6'5". The third freshman coming in, Omar Payne, 6'9", 215 pounds, a little size there. But, Denny, my point is I think they're going to have the same problem next year. You lose Hayes, you bring in Omar Payne, who's 6'9". Yeah, you get Keith Stone back off injury, a 6'8 forward, but they're not going to be big again. They're going to be a guard-heavy team. Now, they're going to have some really good guards. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nemhard and, and Johnson and, and Locke will have another year of experience. You bring in the McDonald's All-Americans with uh, Lewis and with Mann. So you're going to have a lot of good backcourt play, but Florida is going to be lacking size on the interior again next year unless they get a couple of transfers. Which puts you at at extreme, what's the word I'm looking for, almost like panic in every single game. Because if shots aren't falling, you don't have a chance. I sat there courtside and watched that LSU-Maryland game. Both teams with great big men. I mean, I don't even know how – I don't understand how Florida beat LSU after watching LSU live and in person. Yeah. They're big, they're physical, they're fast. And it, and that's we're not talking about that's not a blue blood program at LSU. So I, I don't I don't I'm not discouraged by this and I don't have the expectations of the Florida basketball program that I do of the Florida football program. Maybe I should, given that their recent history is as good, but I don't. I'm not saying that I think they should be a Final Four program 
All I'm saying is they should be a top 25 program given the resources that they have at the University of Florida. I made this point on XL Primetime. I mean, you take for granted the days of Udonis Haslam and Brent Wright, Donnell Harvey. Obviously, you don't take Chris Richard and, you know, uh, Joe Kim Noah and Al Horford for granted, but guys like that, David Lee, Vernon Mackle, and Alex Tyus, Florida has had or has always seemingly had big guys. They haven't had that the last couple of years. They need to get back to it. So I grew up an Arkansas fan. And this, I was telling somebody this weekend, Florida reminds me of Arkansas a little bit. I grew up an Arkansas fan. When I lived there, was their heyday, right? Was was Todd Day, Lee Mayberry, Oliver Miller, you know, playing UNLV, winning a national championship. Then Corliss Williamson and Scotty Thurman and those the big guys. Big nasty Corliss Williamson. Right, right. Yeah. So that's when I grew up there. And and what you saw was you saw Nolan Richardson get ousted. And then you saw this level of expectation that with each hire went further down and further down and further down to the point now where they're not even playing in the NIT. This was, when they went to the SEC, this was when Miami went to the ACC in football. This was, hey, we're going to have Arkansas and Kentucky. We are going to dominate the national landscape in basketball. And Arkansas hadn't held up there into the bargain. All I'm saying is I've seen that slide. We've all seen that slide. I don't want that slide to happen in Gainesville. So Gator basketball done for the year. They will reconvene in October after a nice six, seven-month hiatus. All right, so spring football obviously going on. The spring game, believe it or not, the first SEC spring game, I believe, is Saturday. Vanderbilt's the first team to end spring practice. They're on the field on Saturday. Florida spring game two weeks from Saturday on April the 13th. The Gators, last week we spent a lot of time on Felipe Franks, spent a lot of time on the quarterback situation. A couple of minor news and nuggets this week, including Antonius Clayton, defensive end, a former four-star talent in the recruiting game. Just never worked out for him at Florida. Denny, he announced this earlier this week. He is going to transfer from the program. Only reason I bring it up is I do believe Clayton, or at least I did believe, Clayton was going to be one of the guys that could potentially have an impact in replacing a Ja'Kai Polite and replacing some guys along that defensive line. That obviously is not going to be the case as he announces his plans to transfer. Yeah, change of scenery is good. I, I, I don't, as a Florida fan, you don't ever like to see guys, especially highly recruited guys, leave the program. But at the same time, he wasn't really being utilized. It's not a name that we have even brought up up until the time that he said, I'm transferring. Um, so if it works out better for him, then that's good. That's good. If he can go and transfer to wherever it is that he's going to go, I don't think he's said yet, has he? Um, no, the talk is he mentioned both McIlwain and Jeff Collins and his goodbye tweet to Florida. Right. So maybe Central Michigan with McIlwain, maybe Georgia Tech with Jeff Collins. Those are the two guys that recruited him. Yeah, so, I mean, again, change the scenery, maybe go to a death chart that is a little easier to break into and be the guy instead of being a rotational guy. Um, you know, good for him. We'll, we'll see how it works out. I don't, I don't worry about Florida's depth on the defense until they give me a reason to worry. They've proven to be very trustworthy with their recruiting from the last three or four coaches, actually, especially in the front seven. You follow recruiting. You know a lot of these high school kids. You've been doing it for years. Why is it a kid can be so good, four or even a five-star talent, you know, in 11th and 12th grade, gets recruited by everybody, comes to a place like Florida, like, like Atonius Clayton did, and for whatever reason, it just doesn't work out. There's a bunch of different reasons. The main one that I see is you go from a, a situation where you are physically dominating everybody, and so you don't have to push yourself. And I don't know that this is the case with this kid at all. I'm, I'm not belittling this kid at all. And you don't, you don't have that drive while you're the best to get better. 
And so you get somewhere else full of guys like that mm-hmm. who did have that drive, who got better when they were 16 and 17 years old instead of resting on your laurels and just dominating at whatever level you were playing at. And then by that time you're playing catch-up, and in that game you can't play catch-up. Like, you just can't. It's everybody's continuing to get better, and you're always chasing somebody. It takes extreme talents. It takes freak talents to be able to just drift by. Talents that maybe there's one on every five rosters. But if you don't – I see it all the time with our quarterback training, and I tell our guys all the time, like, you, if you feel like you've made it is when you're, a, you're about to get exposed. These guys are freak athletes. They're driven. They're the best for a reason. If you don't have that same drive, you're going to get passed up. And I think that's nine times out of ten what we see in college. This is Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network. He is Denny Thompson. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. We're glad you're listening to us. We're here every week on Gator Bites. One more spring football topic, then I want to dive in to some recruiting, both with the Gators and locally as well. You know, we talk a lot about Felipe Franks and the quarterback situation. That's obviously the big point of contention this spring. Denny, do a lot of work with quarterbacks. You know as well as anybody, a quarterback is only as good as the offensive line in front of him. How big of a concern is it? How big of a concern should it be for Gator Nation that not one, not two, not three, but four starters along that Gator offensive line in 2018 are gone, including the likes of Jawan Taylor, including the likes of Martez Ivy, and the Gators will have to be working in four new starters both here in the spring and come the summer and fall to get ready for that opener against Miami. It's a bigger concern than I think it's ever been in Gainesville because there was a concern a couple years ago, but the expectations weren't what they were in Gainesville right now. I mean, we're, we all expect we all expect Florida to be a top five program. Like everybody's putting them five or six, right? Possible playoff team, all that kind of stuff. Can they get by Georgia? And that that has to start with the offensive line. My concern is we're not going to know till week one. You're not going to find anything out in the spring game. Spring games are scripted. Okay, it's you're not going to find out what you've got um, on the offensive line at spring. Those guys need the summer to strengthen up. The practice that I was at, they didn't do a whole lot. They were in helmets, so I didn't really get a good read on it um I do have faith in Dan Mullen as a play caller and he showed us this last year the 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 offensive line struggled early mm-hmm. you, know, you think Kentucky they really struggled early he adjusted his play calling to what the offensive line could do so I it's a concern but it's one that I think is mitigated a little bit by the by the fact that you've got an elite play caller um dialing up the plays you know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago Mel Kuyper Jr. again this week came out with his latest mock draft has Jawan Taylor again coming to Jacksonville? Mm-hmm. You see that more and more. The big tackle from Florida, who I know you're high on. He's got mm-hmm. a good backstory, including losing, what, 50 pounds or so yeah. to be able to just come to Florida. That was kind of the, the thought is they told him, you need to lose weight. If you do that, we'll give you a scholarship. Taylor did that. It was a great story that you told. From a Jaguar point of view, a Jawan Taylor point of view, what kind of fit would that be? I, I mean, it's a good fit from the aspect of he's probably going to be a nine or ten year, you know, second contract, which is NFL today, what you're drafting for, right? Is we the goal is they we want him to be good enough that we have to extend him. Um, safe pick, I think it's a safe pick. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's a safe pick. I, I, I whoever gets Juwan Taylor is is going to get a guy's going to be in the league for nine or ten years, probably maybe trip into a pro bowl or two i think but for the most part it's going to be that offensive lineman that's just there and counted on it's another head scratcher for me and that Jawan taylor was what a three-star kid yeah martez ivy was the five-star all-world kid 
yeah, you look at the NFL prospects for both former Gators, way higher it appears for Taylor than it is for Ivy. There's so many similarities between the two along those lines. They both played at run-dominant schools, wing-T, single-wing type schools in Coco and Apopka. Um, I know both of their head coaches, and they're very similar guys. It's just a situation where one developed more than the other. Now, it's not a situation, like I told before, Martez Ivy's got it. I mean, he's very driven. It's just Juwan Taylor ended up being a better athlete. He ended mm. up having better feet. He ended up being more coachable. Um, he ended up learning quicker. Uh, Martez Ivy still has freakish ability. And I just think the, the question for him is, in a pass-heavy league, is is he a pass blocker? Jawan Taylor is. Final thought here on Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network. Denny, I cannot wait to be under the Friday Night Lights with you. As we've talked about, there is so much high school talent in our area coming up in the 2019 season, the class of 2020. Had a couple other kids commit over this past weekend, including Miles Brooks, Trinity Christian, four-star corner, going to Georgia Tech. I'll give you credit on that one. You have said on this podcast, on the Sports Den as well, you think Jeff Collins and what he's doing at Georgia Tech, the former Gator defensive coordinator, is going to open some eyes. He hasn't coached a game there yet, but he's already opening eyes on the recruiting trail. No better evidence than here locally getting a big-time talent in Miles Brooks from Trinity Christian. Miles Miles Brooks is a huge get for a couple reasons. One, uh, here locally – He's really well-liked uh, by the other players. First off, he's a hell of a football player. That's he, the first thing. He's really well-liked by the media, too. Miles Brooks is a guy that will call you back, yep. talk to you. Respectful. Great kid. Like, great kid, great family. I just family. did a story with him on 1010XL.com. Encourage you guys to go read it. Great kid. Yep, yep. And he can help bring other people to Georgia Tech. But the reason why I've been high on Georgia Tech for the past, really since Jeff Collins started assembling his staff, was when you looked at him assemble his staff – one of his first hires was Brent Key from Alabama. Well, anybody that knows Brent Key knows he was at UCF before. And what his calling card is, is he recruits the heck out of Florida. Is very good in Florida. It takes a special kind of dude to recruit Florida. He does it. So what's the next hire? Jeff Popovich. Jeff Popovich, formerly of Miami and FIU, was at Boise State. Another strong recruiter in Florida. So good coaches? Sure. Better recruiters. Better recruiters? in the state of Florida. So then Jeff Collins over the month of February spends half the month in Jacksonville. And when I say in Jacksonville, I mean in Jacksonville for days at a time going to your major programs with him and Brent Key and Jeff Popovich. And, and uh, oh gosh, local, his name's escaping me, Marco uh, Coleman is now helping out as well. Oh, there. former Jaguar. Former Jaguar. Lineman, yeah. Who lives in Ponte Vedra. Sure. So – it is a concerted effort to attack North Florida and Central Florida based on the staff, and then they followed that up with the effort and the swag that it takes to do it. And he's walking in here not like any other head coach. He's walking in in full suit, Jeff Collins is, and he's doing things that people aren't doing. Um, now, they're not, they're not thrilled with me right now at Georgia Tech, Oh, but that's okay. Very interesting. I, I, I can – I can be okay that with that and still compliment you, Georgia Tech. Is there any uh, any elaboration you're willing to provide there? Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you kind of know, but but the same reason Miami's not happy with me right okay. now. They're not happy with me. Oh, um, right, right, yeah, right, right, right. Picture right. of me doing the Gator Chomp that they decided to hop on and say it was inappropriate, even though I'm a Gator fan. But that's and, a- and, and real quick, I think we take for granted sometimes, you've made a heck of a name for yourself, but for people that don't know, Denny is 
uh, basically runs overseas as the owner of Six Points, which is a quarterback uh, camp, a quarterback academy, if you will. You are a very accomplished quarterback coach with, dare I say, hundreds of yeah. high school quarterbacks that uh, that come to you and your guys to get tutelage and teaching. And you are, whether you like it or not, you're kind of involved a little bit in the recruiting game. It's not as much as people think, but just to catch people up, in here, in this very studio, we had Jeff Sims, who was a kid that I trained. My co-host is a Florida State grad, James Big game, Coleman. James Coleman, sure. And so we took a picture after having Jeff on there, in which they're doing the Seminole whatever, and I'm doing the Gator Chop. Well, apparently that didn't sit well with some schools that here's this quarterback trainer who trains you know three of the top 10 kids in the country this year doing the gator chop and so a couple of them miami and and uh and georgia tech kind of hopped on that mentioned it at coaches conferences stuff like that all that being said it's cool it's cool like y'all don't you know we're, we're not communicating right now <laughs> that's okay yeah that's okay jeff collins and brent key Brent Key, who I go way back with, that's all right. I'll forgive you when you're doing a job like this. And and they are. you got to tip your hat to them. It wouldn't shock me if they don't come out with two or three Jacksonville kids. This immediately puts them in the running for a guy like Fred Davis, who is a five-star guy, um, Miles Brooks' teammate at Trinity Christian. Um, they're going to do big things. If I'm the ACC, my first worry is Clemson. My second worry is Georgia Tech. Very interesting. You know, and from a Gator perspective, bringing it back to the orange and blue as we wrap up here, from Jacksonville, and you look at the co- the prospects in Jacksonville, Carson Beck, that's already salt in the wound for Gator fans. He went to Georgia. He's committed to Georgia. Jeff Sims, quarterback at Sandalwood, committed to Florida State. You got other kids at Sandalwood. Jaquez Robinson, a, a cornerback. Going to Alabama, Sandler just had a running back, and Kawan Herndon go to Ole Miss. We mentioned Miles Brooks, corner at Trinity, going to Georgia Tech. Not one of these guys is committed to Florida. Now, there are some Oakleaf kids, Chance Williams, Jalen Rivers, absolutely fantastic on both the O-line and D-line. They're still considering Florida. I know Fred Davis, as you mentioned, the Trinity corner, still considering Florida among many other programs. But if Florida were not to land any of these prospects in Jacksonville, for the 2020 recruiting class, what might be the best class in Jacksonville in many, many years? That's a that's a conversation piece for Dan Mullen, is it, it not? It's what that's, a, that's all it is, though. I don't think they do land any of them. Wow. Okay, but it, it it's I mean, 90 minutes from your campus, all this talent, you don't get any of it. That'd be something. Oh, there's different. Okay, a Miles Brooks has not signed with Georgia. Tech. Agreed. He's just committed. So that's that's the first thing. But in the past, the reason why Florida didn't land Jacksonville area kids because Florida didn't recruit Jacksonville area kids. You can't just walk into a city and go, "Hey, I'm Florida. I'm here." Right? You've, these are long-term relationships, which Dan Mullen has said since his day one. That's how we're going to recruit. If they go through these next couple of classes and don't land Jacksonville kids, I'll be very concerned. You cannot be good at the University of Florida if you don't dominate Jacksonville. It won't concern me as a Gator fan if it happens this year. I. Th- I don't think they name any. They land any of the ones that you're talking about. Here's the golden thing about Jacksonville. There's about ten other guys in Jacksonville that you don't know about yet, that people don't know about yet, that are going to get Florida offers, Florida State offers, Miami offers, because they're that good. Right. People are having a hard time coming to this city and wrapping their head around. There's this many prospects, but when they see them playing on Friday night, they're going to realize this area is freaking loaded. We've seen Miles Brooks at Trinity commit in the last couple of days. We saw Kawan Herndon at Sandalwood commit in the last couple of days to Ole Miss and Georgia Tech respectively um here's the one Florida fans need to keep an eye on um Florida fans need to focus your attention right now in a good way 
on Anthony Richards. Anthony Richardson, okay. Yep. The quarterback that he, was committed to Florida from Gainesville that decommitted about a month ago. Yeah, Ant is going to go ahead and get this out of the way in May. So he, he's going to go ahead and he's going to commit in May. And from what I've been told, um, it's going to be over. When he commits, it, recruiting's done for him. And so I, I don't know. I haven't had that conversation on purpose with him. I won't have the conversation on purpose, so I'm not bringing anything to the table except for I know it's coming down, and Florida is a player. I don't know if they're the player, but he is a very highly recruited kid. And of all the kids that I've seen this year from base-level talent perspective, he's he's probably the most talented kid. He is a freak of an athlete. Lastly, final thought, about 30 seconds to go. Other than Brooks and Herndon, the two Jacksonville guys that committed in the last couple of days, there's been rumors on the internet about Rivers and Williams at Oakleaf maybe thinking about committing sometime soon. Have you heard anything about those kids or any of the other kids that are uncommitted? No, I haven't. I think the move right now is you want to get it done before the summer. You don't want, you schools are pressing for that because of the camp circuit. Mm-hmm. And so what you want is if you have a Carson Beck. You want Carson Beck at your camp not to participate, but to recruit. Right. And so those start at the end of May, the beginning of June. Um, The recent trend is everybody commits here in the next 30 days. If they don't, then they're probably going to go ahead and wait until sometime during the fall. Um, So I would anticipate some movement probably in the next 35 days because coaches are going to start applying pressure of we need you at our camps, our big-time elite prospect camps, because we need other cats coming. And, of course, high school spring football locally is starting up in about a month's time. Denny, what's coming up on the sports den the rest of the week? We actually have uh, James in Jamaica. He's chilling out in Jamaica, um, taking a little vacation. So I actually have uh, the Hall of Famer, Coach Kevin Sullivan, in. Oh, nice. So it was interesting last night to hear him kind of break down the Jaguar situation from an X's and O's perspective. We're going to get a little bit more into that, and then James comes back on Wednesday, and then who knows what happens. All right, Sports Dan every weeknight, Monday through Friday, 1010XL and 92.5 FM. You get me also on XL Primetime, noon to 3, alongside Joe Cowart, Matt Hayes, and former Jacksonville Jaguar offensive tackle Leon Searcy. Denny will do it again next week, my friend. Enjoy yes, it. For Denny Thompson, I'm the hacker Ryan Green, Jacksonville. Thank you for checking out Gator Bites right here on the 1010XL.com podcast network.